Hey everybody and welcome back to the Arizona Fuel Podcast. We got a really cool one for you today. Um, I was able to sit down with Mr. Mike Cravens. He's pretty well known around the state. Um, but he did something over the Dove opener uh, that not a lot of folks have done in Arizona. Uh, I'll let him talk about it, but just know that what he's done, I'd be willing to bet more folks have seen the Mogollon Monster than have done what he's done uh, in the state of Arizona. So we've got a really cool one for you. Um, you are probably already seen the title and kind of have an idea what's coming up. But uh, yeah, I'm going to stop talking. I'm going to keep this one really short. I'm going to hit the button. And here's Michael. So hey everybody, welcome on back. Uh, yeah, so today we are sitting with, well actually I'll have you introduce rather than me spouting off. Sure. <clears throat> Alright, uh, my name is Michael Cravens. I live in Parks, Arizona, uh, just west of Flagstaff. Um, and that's pretty recent. I moved up there about midwinter yep. last winter. Um, I'd spent the last 10 years down in Tempe, which was great, but you know, truth is I'm just not city material. And um, let's see, I, I, in my professional life, um, I work as the Advocacy and Conservation Director for the Arizona Wildlife Federation. Um, I'm very proud of that. And in my volunteer life, I, uh, I, I serve as the Vice Chair for Arizona Backcountry Hunters and Anglers. Um, and just recently, maybe, maybe in a, f- a foolish move, I accepted a position. <laughs> Uh, as uh, a conservation director position uh, or something like that. Uh, however, this is going to shake out, I'm not sure, but with Grand Canyon Travel Limited. <clears throat> That's new. Yeah. Okay, because I hadn't heard of that yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're trying to resurrect that chapter up there. And yeah. uh, I told them I would be as happy to help um, as, as I could. You know, I, I don't have a lot of extra time, but uh, I'll do what I can for them. Nice. I'm certainly a fan of Travel Unlimited, so. Oh, yeah, for sure. They, they do phenomenal work. They do a ton here in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, that's congratulations. I didn't, Thanks. wasn't aware of that. Um, and I'm not, maybe you put in your intro, but you're also a podcast host. Yeah, yeah, I didn't put that in my, in my intro. Um, yeah, do a little shameless plug. Sure. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Um, all right, so one of the things about the Arizona Wildlife Federation, um, that organization is 100 years old next year. And uh, I, I like to tell people that, you know, we're, we're the only conservation organization in the state that really has our, our finger on the pulse of the legislature. Um, and, you know, for most guys and gals that like to play outside, that's not uh, their, their area of interest. Um, it certainly isn't mine either. But um, it's important. Uh, that's where decisions are made that affect um, our habitat, our woods, our waters, our access to them, and our hunting and England opportunities. <clears throat> so... So that's where I work, and uh, I'm very proud of that. But what bothered me was the amount of great work this organization does. Um, and, and you know, I'll add way back in that history, hundred years ago, we formed. Well, our organization was formed to create the first science-based commission. Um, mm-hmm. So before that, you had uh, you know a bunch of powerful people uh, basically doing each other favors with our wildlife. It was managed in the legislature, which is not where it belongs. It, it belongs in a, a science-based atmosphere uh, where good decisions are made, you know, for, for the wildlife, for the, the public, and, and, you know, on, on, on down that road. But um, it, it really bothered me that uh, people didn't know who this organization was. 
I still run into people that, that don't know who the Wildlife Federation is, mm-hmm. and you know, I maybe maybe I'm tooting my own horn, but I'd like to think that's because <laughs> we're 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 out there too busy doing good work um, and not maybe promoting ourselves as much as we should. But uh, so that that brought me to the idea of creating the Arizona Wildlife Federation podcast, um, and you, your podcast, you know, was a very big inspiration in that. But um, yeah, I, I want people to know who we are. I, I want them to know about the work we do, and so this is just another another outlet for for getting the word out there and truth is i don't talk a whole lot about the work we do i talk a little bit but i mostly talk about fun stuff it's always pretty fun uh, my favorite one still so far and uh, like we were talking about before we hit record mm-hmm. um you know i haven't listened to the most recent one but uh like i always get a kick out of, out of listening and i still love that one about the jaguars yeah. the, the jaguar history and you know that yeah. stuff that everybody kind of talks about you know the, the hearing the local the, the most recent news like you know el jefe and yeah and whatnot but hearing that all the way back you know, right the history of of el tigre in, in arizona is, is pretty phenomenal mm-hmm. you got that one it's just wrapped around do i yeah. i just i hear myself breathing i don't know i sound like a mouth yeah. breather guy uh, no but i think the the wire just rubbing on the gotcha. on the stock all right but uh yeah so you know after all that um oh because i was gonna uh, pick any a little bit too because uh-huh. I, I always even on well, it's not my podcast yeah. or uh, your own podcast. I keep hearing your voice on podcasts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was listening to some back episodes of the Orvis Fly Fishing Podcast with Tom Rosenbaum. Oh, yeah. I got, I got my question. Well, it wasn't a question. It was kind of, I forget what it was, but I was plug, uh, giving him props for wearing his uh, public landowner shirt all the yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah, I got a big kick out of that because I, I was cruising down um, baseline and I had the podcast on. Uh-huh. Uh, he's going through the questions. And, right. I know that voice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love Tom Rosenbauer and the Orvis podcast, so that was fun. Oh, they're such great. Um, you know, mm. Tom's been – well, he's pretty much the, the oh. face of fly fishing. Yeah, You know, yeah. For, for a very good reason. Right, yeah. He, he's a gentleman. He's thoughtful. He's well-spoken. Yeah. said, but uh, – you know, we're not talking about fly fishing here. We're not talking about policy here. Right. I mean, we can talk about a little bit of policy, but we're talking small game. Awesome. Um, we're That's getting into you know, we're just go. Dove just opened up last Thursday. Yep. This is the Tuesday after Labor Day. Um, you know, I've been dove hunting and working dove mentored hunts all weekend, but mm-hmm. you've been somewhere else all weekend. Yeah, you know, um, annually. I would I would take off work for dove opener. I'd, I'd go shoot me a limit, hopefully. Then I'd go home and within a day or two be cooking up some poppers on the grill for Memorial Day and drinking beer, of course. This year, though, I opted to skip out on dove opener. Um, well, one, I, I'm living farther up north now, so I don't have great dove hunting right out my, my back door like I used to. Yep. But I, I am a lot closer to, to the grouse woods of the North Kaibab and chuck country out on the strip. So, uh, this year, I, yeah, I skipped dove opener, and I went out for grouse and chucker. That's not what a lot of folks think of when they think about upland bird hunting in Arizona. No, no. But we got them. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're willing to put in a little bit of work, uh, you know, they're there to be had. I guess our, our grouse, we have in, in correct, you may, you may know more than me, but I know the, them in three different areas. Mm-hmm. That's White Mountains, um, the peaks around Flagstaff, and then up on the Kaibab. Those are the only spots I know. Yep. And then Chucker, um, they're, they're a bit more of a mystery, but uh, there are, you know, the canyon lands of, of northeastern Arizona are, are just mysterious because um, mm-hmm. they're so remote. They're so harsh. They're so inaccessible. Um, you know, people talk about this stuff, but very few people get in there to do it, I think. Um, 
but uh, I guess I'll, I'll run run right into the small game challenge because that's that's what got me out there. Yeah. So what is? I mean, I know what it is, but yeah. <laughs> but what is the small game challenge? All right. There's a small game challenge. Um, you know, and then there's there's people that that would be better at speaking on this than myself. But um, I'm as far along as anybody is on this thing as of this point. But uh, I believe, uh, and I hope I don't misspeak here, but the department put this together, a small game branch, I assume, to promote small game hunting in Arizona and all the opportunity we have. And, and man, let me tell you, um, we have a lot of opportunity in Arizona. We have a ton of yeah. opportunity here. Yeah, that's the best part of Arizona is the diversity. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. There's so much stuff to chase, you know? I mean, game and fish, I mean, including not games, what, like 810 species or something like that of, oh, of wildlife? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the biodiversity in Arizona is amazing, and that's a, a direct um, repercussion of the diversity of habitats we have here. Yeah. But, you know, back home in Missouri, um, we have gray squirrels and eastern fox squirrels, and they're fantastic. But out here, we have five different species we can chase, if I'm not screwing that up here. Let's see, we have Aberts, we have Pine, we have Arizona gray, which is actually a fox squirrel. What is that, three? That's three, yeah. And then we have, what am I missing here? Oh, a Mexican fox squirrel? That'd be four. And I'm just saying you just did a, po- a squirrel podcast. I know, I know. <laughs> and I, can't, I can't recall them all, but, but look for that on the Arizona yeah. Wildlife Federation podcast. We'll, we'll have those species there. Um, anyway, great diversity. But yeah, the department put together this challenge, and it's you can register for one challenge per year, and there's four challenges. One is the desert challenge. Another is the mountain challenge. The third is the native quail, and the final, or however, the order you want to do it in is the ultimate upland. Right, so you can do this in any order. You don't yeah. have to do it in the one listed. Right, yeah. only, only one a year. And uh, I, I remember when this first came out, um, and, you know, the, the uh, Facebook Arizona Hunting Forum, one of the most terrible places to get hunting information. Oh, it was <laughs> anywhere. <it's> useless. <laughs> but I remember some guy some guy saying, yeah, that, 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 that looks like fun for the kids. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, God, yeah. this stuff kills me. Um, yeah, I'd like to see that guy put on all these miles and spend all this money chasing all these things. <laughs> but um, uh, it, it is fantastic. Uh, the desert is probably considered the easiest. It's, uh, and I, I'm not going to remember all the species off the top of my head here, but it's got like white-winged dove, morning dove, uh, cottontail, oh, and a couple other species that are all pretty easily, gamble quail, uh, scale quail, all pretty easily obtainable around the valley. So that, that's usually the one people do first. Um, then uh, I'll just skip to the uh, native quail, and that's all three quail species in one season. Mm-hmm. So going to be difficult if you don't know where to find them, but if you're a quail hunter and you hunt every year, that's probably something you're going to do every year anyway, and that's going to be myrns, scaled, and then gambles. Yep. Then there's the mountain challenge. That was a little tougher for me um, just because of the timing, getting the seasons right, and, and things are a little more spaced out. But that one is a cottontail, again. Um, yeah. I think the... The, uh, the the spirit was in the mountain cottontail, although mine came out of the desert. But um, <laughs> the bandtail pigeon, which can be a really tough one if, if you don't know where to look. Um, let's see, dusky grouse. Yep. Uh, what else is on there, Jess? You're looking at them. Yeah, I got pulled up now. Yes, yeah, so the mountain challenge is uh, <coughs> going in order listed on here. So you got dusky, also known as the blue grouse, for yep. folks that aren't as familiar. The chucker, the bandtail pigeon, the cottontail rabbit, abert squirrel, kaibab squirrel, and the red squirrel. Okay. And I didn't count those, but it's something like five of the seven yep, you, you have to harvest. Yeah. And then, uh, so again, once a year. So that, that took me the three years. Um, then last year, I tried for the ultimate upland. Um, but my, my going excuse is I bought a house. So <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't have the time to get out that I usually have. 
but the, the truth is it was the chucker the chucker was a big hold up for me um oh let's see i didn't get a grouse last year either so yeah that last just yeah last year was a house yeah but um so this year even though it is absolutely killing my ocd to have like three consecutive years and then have to skip a year yeah. <laughs> assuming that i actually finish this this last one but yeah the ultimate upland is all three quail species um a dusky grouse and a chucker um and chucker are historically uh you know almost uh, mythical in arizona yeah so uh but with that said um i actually scored this this past weekend um I uh, went up to the Kaibab, and fortunately, on my first day, I ended up uh, with three grouse in the bag, and that's the limit. So put those guys in the cooler, and then I, uh, it's funny, the, the, I guess I can say the Jacob Lake Campground. It's kind of the center of the yep. Kaibab up there. Uh, it's the, the gateway to the North Rim Grand Canyon. But I couldn't stop into that place without running into somebody I knew. I was in there three <laughs> times, and each time I ran into somebody I knew. But... Um, one of those times, well, well, one was Chris Parrish uh, with uh, the n- uh, non lead initiative. Yeah, um, uh, Peregrine Fund. Yeah, oh, yep. th- thank you, thank you. Yeah. Um, and then I, I ran into some other friends the first time I was up there, the gentleman Bill that I, I, I had the fortune to, to camp with and hunt, and hunt with. Um, and then uh, Nathan Fife, uh, who also works for the department. And Nathan's yeah. been chasing this challenge too. So it was funny because. I, I, I let's see how did it go i got to the gas station the second time i pulled out my phone as, as we do and check messages and there's messages from fife and he's like hey i'm at jacob lake and filling up gas or something if, if you get this here's a pin to my campground because I, I texted him before i ever left said hey you want to go chase these guys and um so i text him back and what did he say i don't know but we were talking in like real time because he's right there and i'm right here and we didn't realize it. <laughs> he's like oh wait i see you over there so you get with nathan um and uh, he, he's planning on hitting the grouse country, too. We've both done a ton of research trying to figure out where these birds are. And it's just, it's an extremely remote area. Um, it's hard to get to. I mean, it's, it's yeah, I was telling, telling you earlier, Jess, that the, uh, the, the register to the trail that I went into the canyon on, the last registry was in 2020. So if, yeah, if you break down place. out there, <laughs> if you break down out there, you're not, you got a couple days hike out, um, or you can sit in your car for a month and ride away, I suppose. Yeah. But, um, and then you throw that on top of going into this, you know, just rugged, uh, dry canyon. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it just, it's the accessibility is the issue. Um, and the birds, you know, I don't know enough about them to say that if they are, abundant or not um it would appear they're not abundant but um but i think the accessibility is a real challenge um so we uh we had hunted around on the rim um looked at some water catchments but we couldn't find any signs of any birds and this went on for a couple days you know just a bunch of hiking bunch of looking and um then one evening we did hear a bird calling uh and you know knew it was a chucker but it was real late getting dark so the next morning we get up, we go back, try to find that bird or that covey um, with no such luck. But that day we did hear birds way down in the bottom of that canyon. And uh, they're, they're, you know, I think we located three coveys from above. So I'm like, you know, Nathan, we can take our last two days and we can just keep screwing around up here and not finding birds or we can suck it up and find a way down in this canyon. Um, so we tried to find a shortcut here and there. Um, it got just too sketchy mm-hmm. and eventually you had to find a trailhead which is the one i just mentioned and use that to hike down in the canyon it was i don't know four miles down another yeah, about four miles um man it was hot though so 100 plus degrees so i couldn't even take my pup uh, my, my gsp edward he got kindled in the shade up there but 
you know, it's desolate enough. I didn't have to worry about anybody messing with him. So yeah, with registration two years old. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so, uh, uh, hiked down in this Canyon and it was a slog. We were already worn out from hiking for the past few days, but, uh, get down there and we're just sitting in the shade trying to recoup. Cause I mean, it was, you know how that the heat and the sun would oh. just take it out of you. Yeah. I mean, we, we were just, we were in shambles, but, um, we're down there and, and we hear some birds and, uh, we didn't get a pinpoint on their location. I just heard them once. So we end up on top of this hill and wait and listen, wait and listen. And we hear them again. This time, we kind of think they're out in front of us and thank God below us because we had no gas left to go up anymore. But um, we uh, make a play on those birds and there's nothing. Uh, and, you know, I talked to Nathan. And I'm like, hey, you know, man, uh, I really want to go this extra mile down down to where we heard some other birds. And he's like, yeah, man, I'm done. I'm going to get out of here. Um, and, and smartly because it was it was... You know, we were running low on water, and it was a long way out. So he turned around and went back. I turned around and went further down the canyon. A little bit later, I hear bam, bam, bam. And I'm just like, my, my initial feeling was excitement for Nathan. Right. Followed by a little bit of depression for myself. Yeah, just feel that pain so in like, your stomach. I already just, I just wanted to be out of that canyon at that point. <laughs> I was so tired and so hot and so beat up and chafed and, oh. And I uh, just, I would be that much closer to camp, <laughs> yeah. And I probably have a bird in the bag if I had just went with Nathan. So, uh, so, but the thing was, I heard three shots. So, and it's never a good sign. No, that three third shots. shot's usually yeah, a pretty tell-tale. It's usually a hail mary at a flying away bird. <laughs> yeah. So I, I wasn't sure, but it was clear he got closer than I had gotten at that point. And uh, so, at that point, I'm like, all right, I'm done. I'm just, I'm mentally done. I'm physically done. I'm gonna, I'm gonna work the rest of the evening just to get out of this canyon. So with my head hung in shame and a little depressed, I started walking back. And uh, wasn't too long, though, and I hear some movement. And let me go ahead and throw out there that I am absolutely fine with ground swatting birds. I'm all about putting birds in the sky. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I love wing shooting, and that's where the fun is, but especially in a situation like this. Um, so I look over, uh, and sure enough, there's there's a chucker on the opposite side of a wide wash from me. So it's a bit of a poke, but... Uh, He's uh, up on top of uh, <clears throat> the edge of the wash, and you know this all happened, of course, in a matter of just seconds. And, and I didn't even think, you know, as, as I did it. But uh, aim the shotgun, uh, shoot, and then all of a sudden, a covey flushes out of this this wash. So I immediately swing over, and bam! Uh, shoot, I was shooting a double barrel, and, and I had another one, and it folded just beautifully. And I just give out a holler. Um, I'm super excited. <laughs> and then as I'm gathering myself. I look up and I hear some more noise and I see the one that I shot on the edge fall off the edge. So I'm just like, oh, thank God, two birds. Uh, so for about 15 minutes there, I was feeling really good. Um, and yeah, well, I mean, I felt good regardless, but I, I had energy for 15 minutes after that. I was spent <laughs> right. again. But uh, yeah, the first time I'd ever seen a chucker in my life. Um, it was a wild bird, beautiful bird. Oh, they're gorgeous, um, aren't they? It's so much bigger than I anticipated. Um, and uh, I found the one that fell off. It took me a while to find the one that I... Uh, uh, that I, I shot on the wing because they look like rocks. They're just the same color as those rocks down there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I found both birds. And uh, by this point, it's getting late in the evening. The, you know, the colors are getting nice. It's finally starting to cool off a little bit. And I'm taking pictures of my birds and posing them and everything. And as I'm doing that, I hear, I hear something above me. I look up and there's like a covey of like 10 to 15 birds right over my head, just sail over me. Just like you, you know, everybody's, most people, I should say, have seen a couple, covey of quail, how they just kind of like glide, you know? Yeah. And they all just glided over my head. If I had my gun on my hands, they were within range. But uh, at that point, I was, I was sorry, just happy as could be. And they landed right up the hill from me. 
immediately started calling, hopping around on rocks. Um, and I, I got greedy for a second there. I thought about <laughs> it. I'm like, man, I'm only three away from a limit. I could go yeah. up there, maybe get three out of there. But I took a couple steps towards them, and they saw me, and they were already psh, taken off. So I was like, no way. I'm, I'm happy with my birds. And then, you know, into the night, uh, I trudged out of that canyon. It's basically like climbing a mountain, but uh, but the reverse. And uh, got up the camp and hollered at Nathan. And sure enough, he'd gotten one on that third shot. So Really? Yeah, yeah. Man, that golden BB, huh? That golden BB, <laughs> yeah. So then, uh, of course, I... I I'm just thrilled, and, and, you know, like a lot of us do these days, you know, we want to show off this stuff on, on social media to our friends. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as silly as it sounds, it, that's not, I'm not ashamed of that. I, I love, you know, I, I feel like social media done responsibly, uh, all it does is, for me, it adds to the experience. It just, yeah. you know, I, I get to get out there. It's like, like cooking. I, I really love to cook wild game. I like to put a lot of effort into the meat, take care of the meat. And that just extends the whole hunt for me. And then when I get to go, you know, share photos and these things on, on social media, that's just an extension as well. I just get to keep enjoying it. I get to keep talking about it, you know. Yeah. So so I love that. And I, I threw them up on social media and the Arizona Upland Forum on Facebook. And holy cow, man, you'd think I shot Bigfoot. Um, <laughs> turns you out, almost did. Yeah. Turns out a lot of these fellows have been looking for these birds for a long time and not finding them. And so it just, yeah, it's just been blowing up ever since. But, oh, I know it was... Uh because you put up the photos on your Instagram of the grouse. Yep. And you, but you said it was a... Well, you let off with those three spent shells. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what got the conversation started. Yeah. Was not only had you found Arizona Duskies, you had, you had three shells in your hands. Whether three misses or you had right, something good right. happen. Yeah, it's always nice to throw a little teaser there to like make, make people think and grab attention. But yep. yeah, just picture three shells and I don't know what I said, but... Yeah, I forget it was uh, I forget what you had said as well, but you know, and then I've been dove hunting all weekend, so I was like, man, and, oh, cause I, remember I was I, I did laugh that some guys were picking on you for shooting those uh, the three inches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're just pheasant loads. I don't get it. They they kill birds, you know. Oh yeah, no, they they'll kill a bird just good. Yeah. Um, cause then you let off, you know, you had you had your three duskies. Yeah. Uh, and I think that spurred a lot of conversation because mm-hmm. I think I yeah, mean, it's, social it's media, hard as chucker are. Grouse aren't easy, you know. No, they're kind of few and far between as far as their habitat goes. And uh, you know, when you're when you're in the habitat, doesn't mean you're going to find grouse. No, so no, I, I, really knew, I knew a day. lot of guys were up for because because uh, <coughs> forest grouse in Arizona means duskies mm-hmm. uh, opens the same day, September first, as, yep. as dove. Um, yep. I know a few guys were up hunting, you know, conditioning dogs and whatnot. And and but yours were the first ones to get that I saw on on social media. Yeah. So that you know, in my mind, I was pretty jealous because I've been sweating my tail off you know at, yeah. at robin's butte and the humidity and said oh man it's in those you know i grew up as a as a rough grouse hunter back east and right you know so seeing that i was getting all kinds of jealous and then but you kept saying there's only half of a good adventure yeah I mean, what's he talking about right and then just a few hours later you get that beautiful picture of those two chucker on the rock yeah i'm like that sob yeah <laughs> like, <laughs> I earned it though, man. I, oh, oh, yeah. I hunted. This is my third year hunting for chuckers um, and busting my butt in the, those canyon, the canyon country. Uh, so it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, I was due. I had put in the work. Oh, yeah. You know? No, and, and I say I'm jealous because I wish I was there with you. No, but I, I get no, you it. can't, you can't take it away from somebody that's uh-huh. put in the miles, yeah. put in the blood, sweat, and tears. Yeah. For yeah, a bird. It's, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's big game. Um, effort 
for for small game animals. Yeah. Um, uh, and which is, you know, I'm I'm all telling myself like, oh, thank God I never have to go back to that canyon. But I, <laughs> I, I do, and I say things like that. And next year I'm going to be like, oh man, I want to get back in that canyon. Oh yeah. Especially now I know where they are, you know. Yeah. And it's like I can be more precise, you know. I can backpack in, or I can stay for a day or two, and and really yeah. work that habitat. But so we'll see, we'll see. Because you know what haunt that kind of reminds <clears throat> me of is um, do you follow do you follow Final Rise on Instagram, the vest company? No, I don't. Uh, it's uh, no, I'm familiar with them for just for making vests, but no, I don't follow them. Yeah, uh, so it's uh, Matt Davis out of Utah. Uh-huh. Um, I, did, I actually did a podcast with him years ago. I, I, oh, yeah? I, oh, I botched that one. Yeah. Um, it's one of those I was, I was too heavy on wanting to talk about the vest. I didn't want to talk to hunting as much. Right. Because when I was just starting to figure this game out, yeah. and um, Matt, if you're listening to this one, I really want to do another one with you. <laughs> but uh, uh, he was posting up some about hunting um, Himalayans in, in Utah. Oh, yeah? And, you know, talk about the backpacking in. And sure. It's a big game-style hunt, yeah. but with a shotgun. Yeah. And it kind of reminds me a little bit of, right. little bit of that kind of hunt. Yeah, I want to do that hunt. Um, oh, that'd be... Uh, yeah, yeah, and just do it like just a backpacking trip with low expectations. Yeah. You know, because I, I, I get obsessive when I'm chasing species. I, that's like... I think we all do. It's part, well, of, it's part of it, I think. Well, yeah, it's like my wife, um, she doesn't like to hunt or fish with me or even bird watch because i get so intense on on finding a target yeah that she takes it as i'm not having fun um but for me i'm like what are you talking about this is what i live for this is the funnest stuff in the world yeah but apparently i, I don't appear like i'm having fun no um, and i i had those same conversations yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, but no I, I love it so much and then you know shoot on this trip Driving, driving home, you know, I, I'm calling the wife, and I'm all excited, you know, feeling good. And I can't help, but I, like, start telling, talking about trips coming up. Yeah. And, you know, uh, if looking at it from an outside perspective, I really, I get it. Because uh, to her, it sounds like, oh, you're not, not excited to come home and see us. All you want to do is go on the next trip. Which couldn't be further from the truth, of course. But I don't know what it is. I do get excited, and I'm always planning the next trip. So... Uh, but not not because I don't want to go home and see my family. I adore my family, but uh, but yeah, I just I really get excited about this stuff. Oh, it's hard not to though. I mean, it's yeah. it's you know we kind of kind of always say you know if you, if you're not getting excited, you might as well stay home. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of like with, you know like Mel Men always say well, I'm with buck fever. Yeah. You know that the the first hunt you get that you don't get buck fever, hang it up. Right. You're done. Yeah. It's just not worth going anymore. And I and and I don't know about you, like I get. It's a similar feeling to buck fever, but it lasts longer and it doesn't hit as immediate. Like I, I like um. I mean, I'm a bird nerd. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's I, like we're talking. We always talk bird watching and birding and and uh, um. And I kind of want to actually take this kind of podcast and make it more. Cause I mean, I have so much more fun bird hunting. Yeah. Uh, in true honesty, like um, I've spent my life big game hunting and all mm-hmm. that. And but hearing stories like this i mean like you shot sasquatcher or squatch chucker <laughs> i'll come up with the name for it later but uh, um you know and and that gets me more excited for yeah. the opportunity and, and to get out myself than you know seeing you know joe mr joe public uh with a 200 inch muley right, right. you know in, yeah. in my and that's how with my, with my mind and um I know a lot of guys just hit unsubscribe just from that, but <laughs> <laughs> no, I, uh, I, I almost uh, envy you because I get excited about everything. Yeah. Um, 
And well, I mean, I go I, by like on my, my personal Instagram. I, I do say I'm, the, I'm a nicheless hunter, but yeah. in but if I if I break down, it's like man, Bird, the, birds are fun. The feathers they really are. get me. Yeah, yeah, and everything goes with it. Yeah, the whole upland scene is is cool. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I get used about it all. Um, you know, uh, and and one of the nice things about finally finding this chucker is hopefully, God forbid, nothing happens to mess up my quail season. Because <laughs> if I can knock off um, the native the quail species, and, and, and Nathan and I, the gentleman I was hunting with uh, on, uh, on the, uh, for Chucker, um, he, he's the only competition I have to be the first to finish this thing. Um, so You have one more. I do? So, is working on the ultimate? Uh, I think he's on ultimate. Guy got a hold of me the other day on Instagram, yeah. and it sounded like he was on his last one. Really? Yeah. I, th- I I thought that Nathan and I were the only ones that had registered for the ultimate, but I'll I, I could be wrong. We'll talk about this later, but I, I think he might. Okay. It might be right, a three-way runner, but I know he doesn't have Chucker. Yeah. All yeah. right. Well, good. Let's let's not give any locations on this podcast <laughs> then. Um, but uh, uh, if if I can finish this off, and, and well, with Nathan, we we both we decided it's like all right. Well, hey, if we're both on the same playing field, by the time burn season's open, let's go out opener together that morning and see who can shoot the first bird. Yeah. But uh, and I would be fine with that either way. But uh, if I can actually, well, you know what that sign we like. Sorry to interrupt, yeah, but uh, uh, oh, I feel so bad. I forget her name. Um, Mrs. Richardson. Uh, she was the first one to complete the it was the Big Ten in Arizona oh, with a bow, yeah. and it was the same situation. Right. It was for a bison hunt, and it was her. And the other individual that both were on the last species, yeah, and they're on the same hunt, and she harvested hers like two hours before he did. Oh wow! And you know it's that mark. You know she's, uh-huh. well, and I, I feel so bad. I cannot remember her first name. I'm not going to equate with what I'm doing to that, but <laughs> <laughs> um, but close. Uh, but anyway, yeah. If I can finally finish this dang challenge that I've had so much fun with over the past few years um i can i start putting effort into big animals again um yeah. and i love small game as much as i love big game but i also love big game as much as i love small game so so just take pressure off i just checked yeah. my instagram quick and yeah. no he's starting his third challenge oh, not his good. fourth so good, it good, is good well it's not over until it's over and i haven't <laughs> finished it yet right but um hopefully you know there shouldn't be anything in my way i knock on wood um but yeah uh, you know when I put four days, five days into chucker and grouse, that's four yeah. or five days I could be putting into putting a bear in the freezer. Yeah. Um, which is something I miss having. I love bear meat. So uh, it would be nice to be able to wrap this thing up and, and start focusing all the time on some big putting meat in the freezer again. Yeah, because I mean, you've been on a really good pace. I mean, like you said, you missed last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, last year was but, rough. Uh, Buying a house is just rough. Uh, I was emailing with Larissa, mm-hmm. and this is only the fifth year. Yeah. So, I mean, you've... You know, that one year, I mean, it was... I know, but I really wanted that four <laughs> consecutive years, those four yeah, first years. Put it this way, I haven't even done one. Well, and, yeah. Yeah. I love hunting, but, man, that's... Um, I register every year. I just mm-hmm. never see through taking all the photos and all that. Yeah. Like, I had, I've got morning doves and white ones. I never took photos of any of them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so well, I'm yeah. already behind for the golf this year. That's fun. Um, but, so one other thing uh-huh. that you're... Especially on, on, on Instagram, you're kind of known for is you're cooking. 
Um, yeah. So, with, I, you have anything kind of special in your mind yet? or? Well, I, you know, I've been thinking about it. Um, I have all of those birds still in my fridge. I like to keep my birds for, hell, so I keep them up to 10 days sometimes yep. uh, before I pluck them. And, uh, yeah, I want to do something um, nice. Uh, I was talking with uh, Jonathan O'Dell earlier today about, you know, where these chuckers come from. They're a partridge. I think he was talking maybe some of some of the birds we have or the original birds were from Mongolia. Yep. So, you know, maybe maybe find some Mongolian partridge recipe or something. You know, oh, do something special cool. with them. I, I love getting a, a new species that I've never eaten before and, and trying to try and do something nice with it. Yeah. Yeah, and chucker is, is really good eating. That's what I hear. Yeah. yeah. It's I wouldn't know, but <laughs> No, I'd really be interested in seeing, you know, you know, follow, you know, seeing what you got mm-hmm. online and because um, we keep talking about your Instagram. What is your Instagram handle? Oh, it's uh, MLC. That's for Michael Lance Cravens, but uh, MLC Outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because you, you always have some really cool content going up. And, and uh, Thanks. Mostly a kids and dead animals and plates of food. But if that's what you're into, it's it's a pretty cool place. I mean, well, I'm an R3 guy that you <coughs> yeah. know, helps get kids in the outdoors. I like to eat and I like to hunt. There so you that's, go. it's right up my alley. All the good stuff, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, so, yeah, got, um, what about the. The, the duskies you got anything kind of in mind for them yeah, i don't know man uh i killed one last year um and i think if i remember correctly i think i just split it in half and roasted it and i did something with some uh oh wild king bolites and lobsters and i remember i kind of i kind of dropped the ball on it it was still good but it just it didn't turn out right yeah. like i made a sauce out of, out of those mushrooms and yeah i don't it just it didn't play it up. I didn't even post a picture of it because it was just, oh, no. it, it wasn't good. It just didn't look good. Yeah. Um, so I might try to recreate something there because uh, we had an unbelievable mushroom season. Uh, oh, dude, they were monsoon. everywhere. It was nuts. I mean, literally every morning for breakfast, I would just eat the mushrooms the kids brought in out of the yard. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was nuts. You know, we had mushrooms and eggs every day during monsoon. Yeah. It was, I mean, it seemed like there was, you couldn't go 10 feet without finding no. another lobster. And, and no, it was crazy. And the lobsters were huge. I mean, they were like the size of small plates. Yeah. But, um, so yeah, I've got a lot of those dried and put up. Um, so yeah, I'll probably do something with, uh, with some wild mushrooms and some grouse. I'm not sure what yet though. No, well, definitely, uh, even though it's a bad picture, um, yeah. I should put that up. I'm pretty curious <laughs> on what you're going to do with it. And oh, well, I'm going to try to get some bandtails again this year too, because I, I get them in the yard yeah. now and I'm, I'm trying to like figure out what they're doing and how they're doing it, but I still haven't nailed them down in yeah. the habitat that, that I live in, but they're there. I might have to go come and hang out on your front porch for one night because I just want to get well, a photo of a band. Yeah. Like, I'd oh, be yeah. happy with that. You totally should. Yeah. Um, yeah. The yard birds are off limits. Um, that's a <laughs> deal I have with me and the children. We don't we don't harm the animals in the yard because we do a lot of work to attract them and yep. make good habitat in our yard. But Yeah, because you got your, you, uh, you just got your, your yard or your uh, garden certified, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's um, a program through National Wildlife Federation. Uh, it's called Garden for Wildlife. And basically, if you have your garden or your property or whatever, you go down this list of, of attributes um, that wildlife can use, whether that be nesting areas, uh, just places to raise young. Keeping your cats indoors is an, a one of them, and an important one in my opinion. Um, you know, just different things like that. Water, food source, food source, all the stuff that wildlife needs. Yep. If you can go through and check all these on this list, then you can certify your property as a certified wildlife habitat. And you get this cool sign, and you get to proudly display, you know, <laughs> like I do right at the front of my driveway. But, uh, yeah, it's a fun thing to do. And, you know, you can do it in a city. I think the entire town of Bisbee is, is trying to get certified. Oh, that's cool. That's really cool, yeah. Yeah, I didn't know that. That's yeah. awesome. So, yeah, it's a, there's, there's so much fun stuff to do, man. Um, yeah, I'm fortunate to, to be in a place um, 
and and have a mindset that I I I will have things to be excited about till the day I die. Yeah. You know, whether hunting, fishing, or just seeing wildlife or projects in the yard, it's, it's all great stuff. Uh, well, especially, you know, that new place that you got up there, you yeah. know, it's not... I mean, you had a really well, nice place in Tempe, but mm-hmm. but this new one offers some better. more. This is better, yeah. yeah. Um, I will say, you know, these the ponderosa pine forests are not unbelievably diverse. Yeah. Um, with that said, you know, we've, we've, of course, I keep a list of critters that come in the yard. Um, <laughs> and so we have our yard list, and it's up on the fridge. And it's getting pretty good, though. It's getting pretty big. You know, we have deer all the time. Um, I finally heard elk bugle the other day. I haven't had one in the yard yet, though, but I, I did put out some salt wet licks. But uh, raccoons, uh, gray fox is a regular. Uh, of course, our abert squirrels, um, two different species of chipmunk. We've got uh, oh, the gray collared in the cliff. Um, and the bird list um, is, is, is pretty good as well. The, the main thing is, though, it's everything is native. Yeah, it's like down in Tempe. I had European starlings, rock pigeons, um, uh, collared doves, collared doves. Yeah, um, barrel cats. You know, that oh, unfortunately, don't get me started on yeah, that. I got a couple of cats up there too. They're on my game camera all the time. Yeah, but it's the same too. And it's like you can tell they're like wise old cagey outdoor cats because we have oh, a bunch yeah. of coyotes. Yeah, no, they wouldn't last long if they weren't so cagey. No, uh-uh. yeah. but uh, yeah, I'm loving living up there, man. I love the habitat, and you know, I'm close to so much. I'm, uh, you know, one of the downsides of living in uh, well, in Arizona in general, but definitely in the Flagstaff area, is the lack of moving water ecosystems. And you know, yeah. I'm a fly fisherman. I, I'm as intense about fly fishing as I am about any of this stuff. So that kind of sucks. But um, I, I'm close to the San Juan in New Mexico. I'm close to um, you know. Colorado and then all the watersheds there, so it's not that bad, you know. So yeah, you just around. took a few hours off your drive. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and of course we've got Oak Creek and then the Ram Creeks and stuff like that, so it's not a bad place. Oh to be. yeah, there's still opportunity to go, yeah. you know, close by. And, yep. Um, then you got some some Lee's really Ferry. Good, yeah. yeah, Lee's isn't. As long mm-hmm. as it lasts, though, yeah, Lee's Ferry is in trouble. Yeah, knock on wood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because that was another podcast you just put out, too. Well, I haven't put that one out yet. I, I recorded a podcast with uh, Jim Strogan. Uh, Strogan, yeah. forgive me. Uh, man's just an amazing dude. Very yeah. knowledgeable, very even-keeled, um, a lot of experience. But, um, yeah, we did it on, on Lee's Ferry and, and you know, uh, what that fishery is about, um, you know, how, how to experience it, and, unfortunately, what might lie ahead for it as well. Yeah. So it's an interesting one. I'm excited to put it out, so it should be yeah. out shortly. Well, looking forward to that one. Yeah. I remember seeing your, your post in the photos to, pro, to promote it on your, on your social media. And yeah. Well, on the podcast social media, right? Mm, probably share, probably I share. a podcast social media. All right, so I, what's I on just yours do it all through mine and the Arizona Wildlife Federations, yeah. Okay, that's what I'm thinking of. It was on the AWF yeah. uh, Instagram. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a fun project. You mentioned the the Jaguar episode, and that that's probably the one I'm most proud of because I, I would say that that is, as far as I know, uh, it outside of you know David Brown's book, it's probably the only non-academic source of yeah. information on on jaguars in Arizona that there is. Yeah, so I think that's pretty cool. But then also, uh, I did oh that public lands one with uh, Hal Herring, and Hal is just an infectious character, um, and I really enjoyed that one as well. So those are the two I'd point people to right now. Yeah, Hal's because I like his listening to his podcast too. Oh yeah, yeah, Backcountry Hunters and English podcast and Blast. Yeah, yeah, Cast and Blast. Yeah, because that's one. Uh, well, we got the hunt coming up to Nebraska. Uh, mm-hmm. I'll never forget we'd listen to to Hal Herring the entire drive for fifteen hours. Oh, that's up. great. Yeah. That's Learned great. a lot, but 
said, man, turn the channel. <laughs> I went to color lines and just turn it. Yeah. But uh, that's cool, though. I love Hal. Yeah. No, he's awesome. And, and uh, But, yeah, we probably should be wrapping this up. So I got I got one last kind of question for you. Okay. Um, that's just for everybody. What's next? I know you were talking about your, your wife oh. and I you know, in that, in that uh, question. Yeah, yeah. Man, um, you know. Sticking with the theme of this whole podcast, there's so much is next. All right, I actually the very next thing, um, I uh, the wife and the kids and I are going uh, back to Costa Rica. Um, my wife and I have not seen this yet. I've been there, but I've not seen this. But I think it's called the Arabata, and it's this mass migration of Ridley sea turtles. Oh, that that's cool. Up, uh, come up, they all nest at once, basically in a short period of time. And um, there was a book called The Wayward Road. Nope, 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 nope. That's a different one. They're both by Archie Carr, but this one I think is Sea Turtle, So Excellent a Fish. And it's by Archie Carr. And in it is this story about how up into the like the eighties nobody knew where Ridley turtles laid eigs or reproduced. They were just out there. They didn't know how this happened. And I think this this author was in a bar, and I might be botching this, but he was in a bar in Mexico, and there was a Ridley sea turtle shell up on the wall, and he got talking to the bartender about it. And the bartender told him about where this happens, but it was just like a local native thing. It wasn't known to like you know the modernized Western world. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, we're gonna go see that. Apparently, there's thousands, and you know, as they're they're coming up on the beach, there's also juveniles hatching going out on the beach. So yeah, I'm excited to eat turtle eggs too, which is weird as that sound. But this is one of those resources that it's like it's it's part of the deal. It's uh, what do they call it? Like habitat flooding or something where. They put so much offspring out there yep. that a portion is meant to be sacrificed in a sense. So, so yeah, I look forward to eating some turtle eggs in some of those Costa Rican little like, restaurants or food huts or whatever. But uh, the main goal for me, yep. I want to catch a tarpon on a fly rod. That's a hell of a goal. Yeah. They run up in the rivers there, in the jungle rivers. So you have these small jungle rivers, no wider than this room, with 200-pound tarpon in them. It's crazy. That... Yeah. That's going to be an awesome fight. If I can figure it out, it's, it's not been easy uh, trying to track down how to do it or who to do it with, but I'm, I'm going to keep working on it. Yeah, because you know, we were talking before we hit record that's not a lot of resources out there to figure no, it out. And no, and if you don't speak Spanish, it's even harder. Yeah, so. it really makes a difference to Costa Rica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All I need is a dude with a boat that can point me in the direction of fish, and I'll, yeah. I'll do the rest from there. But, uh, yeah, I'd like to avoid the whole, well, one, I can't afford uh, the whole guided lodge type deal. Yeah. So I just need to find a local. Uh, DIY is a better story anyways. It is. Yeah, it's always better. <laughs> I agree. How about you? What's next for you? Uh, for me, uh, coming up will be Nebraska. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, well, Pat, you know, Black mm-hmm. Cows, we're yep. going to go back up to Nebraska and chase sharp tails around a little oh, bit. That'll be fun, man. Yeah. No, I'm really looking forward to that. It's one of my favorites yeah. of the year. And, you know, as always, I'll have the camera with me and, you know, right. try to get some, I think, uh, including... I think everybody that's going, there's like 20 dogs going on this trip. Oh, wow. It's going to be wild. That is going to be wild, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's going to be fresh dogs I'd love to every see day. That. I've never done a real proper bird hunting trip like that. It, like yeah. you just said, yeah, I've done it all myself, you know, with my own dog trying to figure it out. But yeah. I'd like to go out with some guys that really know what they're doing with good dogs. I mean, it's <clears throat> Nebraska's right there. I know. Yeah, so is everything else I want to <laughs> I do. I know a guy. So. <laughs> Convince my wife I need to go on another trip. Yeah. Um, I should also mention uh, that my wife and I both, and I'm really excited because she's, she's never uh, cared to hunt before. 
but she has shown some interest in it, and uh, she drew her first deer tag this year. Um, along with me, we both have tags in seven and nine, and we live in seven, so it's yeah. exciting. She's she's determined that we're gonna like leave with backpacks out her front door and, and come back with a deer. So we'll see. That's cool. That's yeah. a back east style hunt right there. Yeah, yeah, and you know now that she's putting up her tags too, I'm, I'm gonna you know I've never been a a big uh, ant like don't I, I don't want to misrepresent myself. I love antlers. Yeah, um, I'm a big antler guy when it comes to thinking and dreaming about them but when it comes to following through and putting the work into finding them not so much um i'm definitely you know this archery season i I didn't take my bow out and and i didn't on purpose because i knew i would shoot the first little fuzzy spike that walked by me (laughs) and then i would have wasted that rifle tag i have but my intention is to take some time off work and put some effort into into finding something with some antlers this year so we'll see sounds like a pretty good plan to me that's awesome that she's getting interested in yeah you know yeah, if I can get her putting a, huge a, step. putting a cow elk in the freezer every year, I can save points and, and try to get that archery bull hunt. Yeah, and it's, I don't know, I'd much rather eat a cow anyways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I think it's going to wrap it up. All right, man. All right. Well, thank you, Mike, for, for coming on and and, uh, and chatting and sharing your Sasquatch story. and, and <laughs> I'm going to keep harping on that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, love, I love that uh, comparison. Yeah. All it takes is one person breaking the seal, though. There'll be people, people out getting them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah Instagram's going to get flooded now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, thanks for having me, man. I, I always enjoy the show. I listen to, I should say, almost every episode. I did miss your last Yuma one just because I wasn't going to Yuma. So and It's not like I'm putting them out there real consecutive like anyway. Yeah, so. they're, they're good when you get them out there, though. I don't know about this one, but usually anyway. Yeah, I definitely appreciate it. I appreciate you coming on and uh, be willing to talk about this. And uh, I guess we'll catch you later. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. Yep. See you.